and too often we concentrate on on our flaws we try to make our flaws better and i've always been the type to say you know what my flaws are my flaws i've accepted them a long time ago yes. and i don't worry about them i don't worry about my flaws as much as developing my talents i want to be the best at what i do not yeah. Yeah. the mediocre at everything welcome to the audacious living podcast Hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. Greetings and salutations, folks. Audley Stevenson. I'm back with another edition of the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. This is the Audacious Living Podcast, and it continues to be my pleasure to be here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. This is episode 238 of the podcast, and it's great to have you join us as we welcome today's guest, Nico Lagan. Uh, He's definitely an interesting and outspoken guest, uh, especially around the topic of men's empowerment. And considering his upbringing and and growing up without a, a a strong male influences life. I totally get why he's so passionate about the work that he does. As a men's coach, he offers guidance and support to empower others to reclaim their masculinity and claim their power and purpose. Nico is definitely that in-your-face kind of guy to get straight to the point. So we'll get straight to the point here and go right to our conversation with Nico. Enjoy. Hey, Nico, I appreciate you for being here. Thank you for, for joining me on the Audacious Living Podcast. Thanks, my friend. Absolutely. Bald-headed people need to stick together, right? Absolutely, man. <laughs> Absolutely. We, are, we stay united. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to. For sure. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you doing this um, here on this podcast. We really uh, you know, pr- promote and encourage you know, individuals to 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 be bold and take risks and, and and live their best audacious life, and and in order to do that, you know, oftentimes it involves that individual taking that very first step, and mm-hmm. uh, and we know sometimes there's things that hold them back, and maybe you know maybe there's some fear, trepidation, whatever that may be. But as your as as, as a men's empowerment coach, uh, you you certainly understand this, and and you work with helping men you know make that first step and get to that better place and so maybe and so that's why it makes so first of all that's why it makes sense for you to be here without question and i thought maybe as a starting point um i can get you sort of just to you know just just talk about the work that you do and and, and how you got there well it depends i do a lot right now like there's um i help men on pretty much all aspects like from the beginning from turning a bit from quitting their corporate jobs to doing something for themselves and then i'll help them put that stuff online to use social media platform as marketing tools i can show them how to write a book because i'm self-published i own my own publishing house i have my own video com- like vid- video production company too so there's a lot of things like i i like to i was just talking to a potential client this morning and that's what i was telling him i'm all about the the relationship like i was in high-end sales as a sales engineer for uh, one of the biggest telecommunication companies in Canada for 12 years. And we've had some customers that have followed us from company to company. Like when you do your job well, they, th- let's right. say they move from one company to the other. They're like, yeah. eh, 
you you need to go there you need to go there so i'm all right. about that this is where my approach is you know i have a few steps with the people that i deal with but okay. normally they're people that are they're men it's like i only deal with men not that i have anything against women but women have enough help out there need men need help so right. we take it from a point to self-discovery like my my first book was written as a help guide for men between the age of 35 to 45 you know they come to a point where they, they have families they have careers they've been the provider that their family needed and now maybe the kids are older they're like what next they're not they're not stuck to the daily grind as much they still do it but they don't have to and they start you know when you hit that 40 year old you're okay half my life is gone if you look at statistics half my life is gone i've done what i had to do as a father as a family man what comes next what is the next step because you know there's some of us that have greatness in us well i think we all do but some of us have the balls to go after it mm -hmm. and those are the guys i like to those are the guys i deal with to try to see What are the transferable skills that they have right now? What are the skills they have acquired over their lifetime? What are their, you know, we all have certain attributes, could be athletic, could be mental, could be a mix of both, but you have skills that I don't necessarily have naturally that I've had to develop. And too often we concentrate on, on our flaws. We try to make our flaws better. And I've always been the type to say, you know what? My flaws are my flaws. I've accepted them a long time ago. Yes. And I don't worry about them. I don't worry about my flaws as much as developing my talents. I want to be the best at what I do, not yeah. Yeah. the mediocre at everything. Right? Yeah. Or, or, so, or sometimes you have people that focus on the deficits, what they don't have, right? That's what I, I, I literally was just talking yep. to someone the other day. Uh, yep. I, I, he, was, he was a hiring manager. And he yep. was saying that most of his time he's spending uh, talking to people who they'll, they'll look at, say, a job posting and talk about all the things that they don't have. And he spends yep. so much of the time saying, well, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. But what do you bring to the table? How does yep. this job fit for you? How, you know, why should you apply for it? And I think it's so, so true. You know, and, and in business is the exact same thing. So it's true in the corporate world as you're, you're looking for a new job to say, what are all the things I don't do well? And what are the things that I do well? Don't worry about the things that you don't do well. Worry about the things you do well. And, and you know, I, I was a high school dropout. I didn't get my high school diploma until I was 20. I didn't go to college until after that. And by the time I left the corporate world, I was making a sa the salary of engineers while I have 18 months of DeVry College. So, you know, if you're ready to do the work, but you're ready to do some research, because it's all about critical thinking. We don't do this anymore. And if there's one skill I've always got, I've always sold to any managers that hired me is to say, listen, I'll be the first one to tell you I don't know everything. But one thing that I do know is how to research. And I guarantee you, put me face to a problem, I'll find you a solution. I'll find you multiple solutions. And I'll never be ashamed to tell you that I don't know. But one thing that I do know is how to get you an answer. So I could say that I don't know and focus on the negative or just say that I have a skill of research and I will always find a solution. It's always about spin because you can spin your deficiencies into qualities if you're 
if you understand them, right? Absolutely. So I, th I think that's huge because first, first off, uh, I think when so in this context of hiring managers, let's just say, right? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, they they want to know, you know, what 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 are the the intangibles that you possess they don't have to teach you because yep. the actual ABCs of things that can be taught they don't mind teaching that as long as you're teachable. Coachable. One of the you have to be coachable. You have to be able to take training and take criticism, especially like. Um, not all type of criticism, obviously. There's haters out there that just talk the talk and they have nothing intelligent to say. But you have to be able to take constructive criticism. Yes, it might hurt. Yes, it will suck. But at the end of the day, you have two choices. You're a victim or you do something about it. Those are your choices, right? Right. But it also translates, like, as, as a business owner now, one thing that I've, I've come to realize, and guys like Elon Musk says it all the time, he, Am I the, the most intelligent person at the, at the table? Tenses on that. But one thing that I have over most people is that I know what my flaws are and I will put people in place to fill those gaps. So I'm a great leader. This is what I do. So what are my what are my flaws? Okay. As a guy that owns a video production company, what, what are my flaws? I'm not the best video editor. Yeah. Or it takes too much of my time. I don't want to spend it on it. So I'll hire people to do that for me. Sure. Oh, I've designed websites in my life. Absolutely. Should I spend my time on that? Am I the best one? Am I the most up to date? No. But I do have a webmaster that does that for my customers. So right. it's knowing by knowing yourself, because it's always where it comes down to, right? If you look at every single problem you see in society today, it comes down to yes. one thing, accountability. Every problem, mm -hmm. name it. It does not matter what the problem is. You can always take it all the way down to accountability. And how can you be accountable if you're not self-aware? It's the first step, being self-aware. Being, having a no-bull approach and being able to say, this is what and who I am. Yep, With that yep. being said, yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I've hurt people. Yes, I've done a lot of I've taken a lot of dumb decisions in my life. And I'm talking personally. I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I own to it. I can't change that. But what can I do? Get better. But it starts with self-awareness and it starts with account and then accountability. Right. It's it's where it starts. I, I, I so I wanna I wanna go back to the the, the connection between uh, our problems and us being accountability. Cause I think that's a really, uh, really mm -hmm. significant point. Can you expand on yep. that a bit further for our audience, please? You know, as a man coach, I, I've pondered. I'm the type of person that meditates a lot. I'm the type of person that will sit outside with my dog with a cigar while my girlfriend is doing whatever it is that she does. And I'm pondering. I love to ponder questions and ponder. Okay, let's say I'm obsessed. Maybe pondering. I'll say pondering because it sounds better, but I'm literally obsessed. obsessed. But I, I've recorded three to 400 podcasts, and I've been asked the question so many times as to what is the main problem in today's society? And for the longest time, I thought it was the lack of masculinity. It was the lack of good men trying, like being the leaders their family needs, being there for their boys. This to me was always the problem. Okay. And then within the last year, I was just sitting down and I was pondering that because I'm like, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense that that's the problem. And I realized it's just a symptom. It, it, it's just a side effect of what the problem is. And the real problem is lack of responsibility, lack of ownership, accountability. And 
you uh, let's say let's let's take that example per let's take that as an example 40 percent okay. of young men right now of mm -hmm. boys are being raised by single mother this is a fact the statistics are out there you can you, you can look them up right. from there somebody it, it it is proven also a fact that boys being raised by single mothers are more prone to poverty are more prone to drug use are more prone to doing bad in school and that it takes a man to show them discipline so if we and, and th those are facts people can argue can be very mad at what i'm saying and they normally are okay. Okay. it is okay. still a fact that the statistics shows that that being said for whatever reason if there's no man in your life if there's not a grandfather you don't have a friend that can teach your boy how to right. become a man it's on you as as the mother to find somebody to teach him to, mm -hmm. to be accountable to find somebody to teach him. If you're a father and you're still present, you're still you're married, you're still in the life of your kids, but you work too much and your kid definitely needs more guidance. You're accountable. It's your fault. You need to do something about it. That's your choice. If you don't, it's your fault. There's nobody else to blame. The system's not to blame. You are. So whatever problem that I started breaking down, I, I started removing all the fluff and just breaking it down to the most common denominator. Right. And it right. always comes down to accountability. Number one is name me a problem today. I don't care what the problem is. I, there's somebody somewhere that did not want to do it and said, not my problem, somebody else's problem. Mm, push it off. Mm -hmm. like push it off to someone 100%. else. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I get, I know I get that point loud and clear. And uh, again, you're, you're right with respects to accountability. And if more people were taking care of their yard, I'll use that expression, taking care of what's in their yard. <laughs> and I think, you yeah. know, I think they, you know, yeah. it, it would, it, it's, it would help definitely not to say that there won't be problems exist, not to say that bad things won't happen. Absolutely. No, no. Not to say everything will go right, but no. I do, I do agree with you that it starts with us taking ownership what belongs yep. to us it start with a person looking back at you in the mirror every time every single time and you know what's always what i find baffling is this people like to play victim they like to blame others for their problems mm -hmm. and they don't like to be responsible for their own issues and that creates a bunch of victims society's filled with victims to them and what baffles me is that they seem to lack the understanding that if you are capable of being a victim, that also means that you have the power to be anything you want because it's self-inflicted. It's you have two sides of a coin right there. You either accept the fact that you're a victim, but that also means that you have all the tools you need in order to become whatever it is that you want to become. You know, I I say this, I should I should record another video saying it because it's been a while, but I, I say this all the time. If your life sucks, chances are it's your fault. <laughs> oh man people don't like that one <laughs> so, so so for me so for me uh you know if someone says their life sucks you know i, I my first question well, well why do you feel that sucks well what you know what mm -hmm. what does that mean right yep. what's happening in your life what's happening yep. and, and because 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 nico our perspective is so key in all this right mm -hmm. so yep. Not to say that you know, you know bad things aren't painful, adversity is easy, not to say that at all, but sometimes we, we go through things that will prepare us and help us and enable us to be better down the road. So, you know, yeah, maybe it sucks, 
but I can think of a ton of things that sucked in the moment that helped me big time down the road. And again, this is it comes down to the first step of self-awareness. Another great example, you look at baby boomers. So you, okay. you look at, you're, how old are you, by the way? I'm 50. So you're not a baby boomer. You're, pro, you're, no. you're my generation, but your parents were baby boomers, chances are. Yes, yes. They, if, if you look at North America, they had the best society ever. They lived in the best time ever. They're, they were born after the Second World War. They grew up in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, where everything was booming. Jobs were everywhere. The middle class was the best. They raised their children in a way that was not the same as their parents raised them. Yes, their fathers came back from the war. They were probably not in the best of mental shape, True. but they, they tend to forget that if it wasn't for the way that their parents brought them up, they would not be as successful as they are today. So instead of instilling in their kids all the valuable lessons that they learned from their parents, maybe with a smack in the back of the head, maybe it was more, it, it was a forced lesson. They were, but instead of concentrating on all the good that came from what they perceived to be bad at the time, yep. they decide to raise their kids in the complete opposite way to say, all the things I did not right. get, I will give right. them to my kids, but they forget to give everything they received mm. at the same time. And now we have a bunch of privileged, eternal teenagers. They're 30 years old and they're not men. They're teenagers, right. whatever teenagers mean nowadays. But right, right, th right. this is what I find amazing. We have a tendency to always, always see the negative in life instead yes. of seeing the positive first. Look at society today, mm. left and right. They will disagree on so many things, but yet they forgot. They forget that as per the bell curve, you're looking at about 80% of things you agree on. So that means 80% of, so let's say you're a leftist, I'm a rightist. Everything, 80% of what you, we agree on 80% to 90%, but we're going to be arguing about the 10% that really doesn't matter at the end of the day because right. we agree on most things. That's right. That's right. We're negative and, well, by well, nature, well, I think. Well, 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 I think what happens is that's just where the focus is, right? The focus is on the divide as opposed to what is the uniting oh, yeah. piece, the commonality, right? Oh, um, divide and conquer is the best technique that Niccolo, Niccolo Machiavelli taught in 500 years ago. If you read The Prince, he basically came up with the principle of divide and conquer. So right, right, it's right. nothing new. It's yep, nothing yep. new. Well, but, but it's I, unfortunate. But, I, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's, it's nothing new, but we still have control over what we choose to do and if, how we allow it to take over. So it doesn't, 100%. yeah, it may be happening. But we don't have to allow us to control us, right? And so I think that's the piece that when, when, when we start to recognize we're far more control than people realize, uh, you know, I think we, we can put ourselves on, on that path. Um, I'd love to know, because I know, I know a little bit uh, so a little bit about your background and sort of the, the adversity that you had grown up. I know you uh, you talked about, you know, the absence of a male figure in your life. And I wonder if you mm -hmm. sort of talk about, you know, th that that impact on you and what you had to do to get through that. You know, th this is exactly why I speak about what I speak every day is really because I've been through it. And I, you know, my father left. I was 14 years old. Um, he left the province or like I'm from Canada. So he left the province, your equivalent of a massive state. Yep. And 
he died. I think the last time I saw my dad, he was I was nineteen. I was nineteen or twenty years old last time I saw him, and he died. I was twenty nine. So yeah, it had been eight or nine years since we've spoken. We've seen each other, and I can count on one hand the number of time I saw him after fourteen, basically. And all the credit to my mother. My mother cannot teach a woman cannot teach a boy how to become a man. There's no way. They in the same way as I can't teach a little girl how to become a woman. I don't know what it is. I, I can put good women on her path so that they can teach her, sure. but I, as a man, cannot. And my mom couldn't handle me. At the, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. She gave up. When I was around 14, she gave up, and she's just like, do whatever you want. And naturally, as men, and it doesn't have to do with being a boy, being a young man or a man, we always look for father figures. We always look for mentorship. We always look for people to help us maybe make sense of our life or get better or inspire ourselves. We we have heroes, if you will. We right. always look for somebody that we perceive as being in a better position than us and look on how to get there, how to get advice to get there. But what did I know when I was 14 years old? I love rap. I'm, I'm a big fan of... Uh, I grew up when rap was nothing. Like, it was not what it is today. Like, I listened to Wu-Tang, Tupac when he was still alive, to Nas, to Mob Deep. I listened to... But I listened to the gangster stuff. Like, I love that stuff. So guess what? By 15, I was out of school. I was selling drugs. I was an alcoholic. I was doing drugs every day. So, And, and you know what? This is what happened. And I did this for about seven years until... One call, mother, very simple call. I had been living on my own for, I left my mother's place. I was 17 years old and I had been living for three, four years by myself. And she picks up the phone and she's just, are you happy? And it's funny because it kind of snaps your, you know, sometimes you, you crease, you, you, you cross a path where it's like a bridge where you're, you're ready to listen. For some reason, there's yes. something in your head that you're finally paying attention. Like somebody talked to you at the perfect time and you're just like, yes. okay, hold on. What does this say? Like, what? Hold on here. And in my head, it was really exactly what you see in movies or you read in books. I was in front of two paths, one that went left, one that went right. I could continue going left where I was going and for sure I'd be in prison by now. Or I could say, you know what, let's see what I'm doing wrong here and maybe I can do better. And this, this is what I chose to do. I was 20 or 21 years old, like between, in between the two. And I, I stopped seeing all my friends, got rid of my apartment, moved back with my mother. Hmm. I quit doing drugs, selling drugs, drinking, smoking, name it. I, I, I literally put a cross on everything and I'm like, okay, what next? went back to school and within two years I had a high school equivalency and a college degree. And I started working in, I started answering phones in a call center in uh, helping mom and pops fix their internet services. And last year when I quit my corporate job, I was a sales engineer at the top of my field. Like the, there was nothing really higher than what I was doing. So, It seems that in my life, every 10 years, I do something extremely out there. So at 20, I quit my job to go back to, I quit my, my, my drug life to go back to school. At 30, I became a sales engineer, which was, I left the call center, put a suit on, and I started selling million dollar solutions. And then last year, I quit my corporate job, started my own company, left Canada and started 
uh, traveling in an RV ever since. So it seems that, you know, once you open your eyes for the first time and you start paying attention, you start realizing that God puts people on your path, that if you're ready right. to listen, if you're ready to pay attention, there are people there that want to help you. Even though you might not deserve it, they see something in you that you don't. Yeah. And again, it comes down to the first thing, self-awareness. If you're capable of looking at everything that, ar that, that arrives around you, you can say, okay, why is that person in my life? What's their role? Am I supposed to help them? Are they supposed to help me? What, what, what's the dynamic here? And you right. start seeing everything around you has a reason. I don't believe in coincidences. Coincidences are what people that are not aware call things because they don't understand what's going on. Yes. I, I, Does that I, answer your question? Because I tend to go on rampage. No, 100% <laughs> does. And I'll tell you the part, the part about your story that I absolutely key in and I want to key in on uh, is yep. being ready to hear when it's time. Like we're mm -hmm. all on our own clock, Nico, where we're, 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 yep. we're doing what we do at our own pace. And, and what yep. happens is, as, as in your case, you know, your, your mom called you at the exact right moment and you were yep. ready to hear. And if it was any other time, the same message would not have been heard, right? Could have been two days prior. She could have called me two days prior or two days after. It would have been too late. Two what days you, before was early. Two days right. after, too late. Who knows? What do you think gets people to hear the message when they're ready to hear it? I know it's a big question, but in terms of, because what, what you've described is very common. We've all mm -hmm. experienced yep. that where we're like, I've heard it now, whereas before they may not have heard it. And it could be the exact same message. What do you yep. think that is that gets people to finally hear the message they need to hear? Because they're hurting. Because they're in a situation where if you look, if you looked at my life back then, I was going, I was getting evicted from my apartment. I had been offered a job that would have been extremely lucrative for me, but that would have put me on the path of even worse that I, I wasn't, I was offered an opportunity to not just sell the drug, but to start making it. So mm -hmm. it would have paid a lot more, but I was digging my own grave. So that this is, you know, I was really, people question, they're ready to listen when they're questioning already, when they're in a, they're, they're in an optic where there's something in their life. And normally it's something tragic that happens, something right. that's not good. They lose their job. They lose their wife. They lose a kid, wh whatever it might be. There's something bad that happens and they're just like already in, in the mindset of, okay, what the hell is going on right now? Right. Like what they're, they're already trying to understand what's going on. And then you have somebody that shows up to just say, Hey, have you ever thought about this? And they're like, oh, 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 <laughs> okay, that makes sense. But you need to be hurting. I think pain is the answer. You need mm. to be in pain. You need to be in pain. It's a must. The pain of staying where you are is worse than leaving, essentially, has got to be. Yeah, th this is why the comfort zone is the biggest, biggest, it's a tomb. Staying in the, if you want to be comfortable, be ready to die unsuccessful be ready to die unfulfilled be ready to die a nobody be ready to die with having done no impact on the people around you if you want to be comfortable sit your ass on, in front of facebook get fat there you go that's comfortable <laughs> for you <laughs> i hear you loud and clear i hear you loud and clear nico tell me tell me explain to me that the, these five virtues of a good man what's that all about yeah man um 
I have a very stoic mind. I'm a big fan of Marcus Aurelius. I'm a big fan of old, old Greek philosophy, old Roman philosophy, like 2000 years ago. They had they had a lot of things figured out that we forgot today. <laughs> and I've read a lot. Like I'm a Christian. I've read a lot of the Bible. I've read a lot through Buddhist texts because I was I love Buddhist philosophy. I've gone through a lot of Stoic texts, and you know, I sat down and I tried to figure out what are the things that a man needs in order to become a good man. Because at this point today, if you look at a few hundred years ago. Men, boys had rites of passages. They yeah. they were through their clan, through their tribe, through their society. There were specific steps a boy needed to take. Needing they needed to prove themselves to their society that they belong. That we could, you know, earlier you said about being coachable. Well, that was a skill that boys would be would be taught from a young age. You need to be coachable, and we need to coach you because we expect you. To do your job we expect you to contribute we expect we need to be able to rely on you so we'll coach you but you need to be to up to a certain standards yes. and rites of passages are completely gone from the western society now they're not there anymore we don't have fathers are not present for we can go into details into it but that's going to take hours but all to say that against their will they're not they're not there anymore and it's against their will mm -hmm. and we need, I figured that we need to bring them back somehow. So how, if you want to have rites of passages, you need to know what the outcome is. You need to know, I, I like to do reverse engineering. So what is the goal? What do you want to man? What are the skills that a regular guy should possess in order to be what their family needs, their community needs, what their country needs, expects of them? And it came down, I could find, I, I, it came down to five. Um, a man, first and foremost, needs to be courageous. This is the first one. You need to have courage. You need to do, you need to have the balls to do what needs to get done when it needs to get done. That's mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, you need to become a protector. Men are bigger. We're stronger. We're faster. We more. We take more risks. We are meant to protect. It's in our DNA. We are the first and last line of defense for our family for our community for our country this is on us men are disposable we're meant to protect children and and women that's what we're supposed to do right so you need to be fit first and foremost this is the first step you need to get in the gym you need to check what you eat you need to stop treating your body like a dumpster you need to realize that your body is a machine and if you ever want to get access to your mind that you need to treat your machine with the respect that it is due you need to take care of your body. And through taking care of your body, you will learn that you are a lot stronger than you think. You will learn that you can start creating discipline through just as simple as being able to change your body from something that you see in the mirror to something you've, you've imagined. You will realize how strong you are. And it will take discipline to get there. So hitting the gym is the first step. Then the second step is to start learning martial art. And you can do it at the same time because one is not like both are. I, I started hitting the gym about a year before I started doing martial arts. It's been 20 years now and I don't know yeah. where I would be if it, was, if it wasn't for martial arts. But it doesn't matter that you have kids or not right now, that you don't have a family. You need to right. know how to defend yourself so that you can defend others. Like mm -hmm. just this morning, I, was, I posted a quick video of 
um, an elderly handicapped woman in the New York subway and she was getting attacked by this massive, massive man. He okay. basically took her cane and started beating her up with it. Oh, and you know what people did? They took their phones out and they started recording. Nobody's helped her. They called the police. I'm like, you know what? Police is always minutes away. That's why you need to know you need to know how to fight because in the in a situation where it's bad, police is too far. You need to right. take care of that yourself. Right. So and you know, I've argued I've wondered, this is another question I've pondered quite often. Mm -hmm. Is it that men don't care or is it that they don't know? how to defend themselves, they're scared of helping others. So there's so many things that comes into play, but I guarantee you something. If you see something violent happen in front of you and you do not know what to do, learn how to fight. Mm. The day that you know how to fight, it is your duty as a man to help. Mm. So becoming a provider is number three. If you... As a man, it always has been our responsibility to provide, not only monetarily, but emotionally. You need to be able to provide a safe household for your family. There's no such thing as a safe space outside of your front door. There's no such thing. Like in the real world, we don't live where unicorns and fairies are roaming free. No. This is not true. This not, does not exist. But at home, you need to be able to provide an environment where your kids and your wife are not in survival mode. You cannot advance if you're in survival mode. You cannot grow. Survival is all about your next meal, about what am I going to do next? You need to provide them a stable environment that's both emotionally and monetarily. That's your job as a man. So it's important to go back to what we we're saying, and I don't know if we were recording or not, but learning what your skills are, what yes. your natural abilities are, and doubling down on them to say, okay, I'm naturally gifted at doing this. Right. There's a reason why I ended up in sales because I have a big mouth and I love to talk. So it made sense that I end up in sales and guess what? I record podcasts almost every day now. So it only makes every, but right. those align with my personal abilities. Right. And instead of focusing on what I like to do, or what my passion is, when you're younger, focus on what you're good at and make a killing doing it. Yes. Develop skills that you already have so that when you're 35, 45 years old, once you've taken care of your family, now you can sit back and say, okay, I have money in the bank. My family's taken care of. What can I do now that's going to please my personal wants? Right. And number four is temperance. If you, if you do not control your emotions, they will control you. Mm. Plain and simple. And you only control three things in your life, your emotions, your actions, and your reactions. Control your emotions or else they'll control you. Your actions, every step that you take every day, that's on you. You choose to do that. The outcome is not up to you. I can choose to go to the grocery store and I could get hit by a car. So it might not happen. Knock right. on wood that I use that example all the time and it pisses my girlfriend off because <laughs> I might get hit by a car because I keep on putting it out there. But yeah, you know, that, uh... and so, so you need to control these and especially your reactions. Those mm. are the hardest one to control because most yeah. people blame their, their, um, they're going to blame their subconscious mind for their reactions. But I can tell you that through meditation, through self-hypnosis, through yes. self-awareness, you can control your subconscious mind. Yeah. You well, can well, by, put by, by, information. By doing, but by doing that, you're giving away your power, right? 
by saying you don't have control over your, yeah, you're giving away your power. A hundred percent. That makes you extremely easily controllable. So mm. how many, how many accidents, how many people lose their cool just out of driving? Just it's, it's, a, it's an example that everybody understands, right? Yeah. You're in traffic. Somebody cuts you off. He will piss you off to, if, if you let him, he will piss you off to no end. You could have an accident. You could be so, you know, between you and I and whoever's listening, I have stepped out of my car many times in the past. Okay. Reach back to a guy at a red light, park my car, go knock on a door. They see wow. a 210 pound guy that looks like me. That's like, Hey bro, what the hell was that over there? <laughs> you think that's smart? For all I know, that guy got got a gun and he has all the rights to shoot me. And this is just because I was easily controllable because I had no control over my temper, over my emotions. So why give that power away? As you said, why would you give that power away? And you know what the worst part is? How much much you want to bet that the person that cuts you off in traffic has never thought about you again? As soon as it was done... He never thought about you again, yet you obsessed. Maybe for the pa- for the full rest of your day, you yeah, were yeah. angry, you were mad. And you know what that guy thought about you? Nothing. He Nothing. couldn't care less. It, it's funny. I, I, I think, it, like, so, so and, and let's use that example. You know, so morning rush hour, you get cut off real badly. You're really no. upset. That guy's driven away. That guy's oh, yeah. driven away. He's got no concept of you. You're, you're, you, you've taken that to work now. You're angry. You maybe you've taken that to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's yep. sitting with you all day. If at five o'clock that day, you're still telling me what happened to you that morning, there's something mm-hmm. wrong. There's something wrong. You know, uh, I heard that in a lyric in a rap song somewhere. Never let someone live in your mind rent free. Uh, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know, for the amount of content that I put out there and considering I get millions of views every month, comments like that I get every day, every day, like to a point where I tell my girlfriend, don't look at the comments I get. Don't do it. It's She gets irritated. She gets pissed off because she knows me. She knows the type of person that I am. So she knows those comments are not true. But do you honestly think they still, to me now, they've become an entertainment value. I go on my, I, I'll go on my TikTok, my Instagram, and I start looking at this and I'm like, man. One, they would never have the balls to say that to me in real life. So that's one. Once you understand that, that's one. But they provide entertainment value. And one thing I don't understand is that it's like getting in an argument with a stand-up comedian. I would never do that because they would crucify me. So why would you? Especially when they're on the stage, they've got the mic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So why would you go on my pro on my pages? knowing that I'm an expert at what I talk about. And I will, and the day that I realized that I could fight as much as I could use my mind, I can bury basically anybody out there when it comes to what I know about. So why would you enter it? You're, you're not going to win. I will, I will make you lose control and I will be laughing the whole, <laughs> they don't understand that I'm sitting there with a cigar uh, and I'm just, Oh, that's what you're saying. Okay. We'll play. I'll play. I'll play. <laughs> Uh, and on top of that, they help me with the algorithm. That's another uh, one that they don't understand. Post all you want. That means they're pushing more of my content. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Uh, they don't like that when I say it. Okay. That's hilarious. You're killing me. And you know, the fifth one is faith. Yes. Yes. This yes. is 
it is not lost because I believe that it is the less important as I believe that it is what puts everything together. If, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I always explain is faith is seen as a religious term. And as much as I'm a Christian, it doesn't need to be like, even for the people out there that don't consider themselves religious to me, there's three types of faith. You think about it. How can you ever build self-confidence? If you don't first have faith in yourself that you're capable of achieving something, you'll never be able to build that self-confidence. How can you ever get into a new relationship that it could be with a, a friend, a work, a work relationship or an actual uh, relationship with a significant other if you don't first have faith that they're going to be the person they say they are? Mm-hmm. And how can you ever find life purpose if you don't first have faith in the fact that you were put here for a reason. So those are my five virtue. Courage. So courage, uh, protector, provider, temperance, and faith. Hey, no, I I, I hear it. And I think those those are all key ones because they they, they all touch on really important aspects. Uh, I mean, look, from 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 the courage standpoint you know on this podcast we talk a lot about that being bold and being audacious because that's an important step to be able to live your 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 best audacious life that we talk about here and so mm-hmm. uh certainly appreciate you for for putting those things out nico um I, I i love the work that you're doing obviously you've got a very in your face style and i can respect that uh, <laughs> but i think at the end of the day you know what the message that you're putting out there quite frankly, no different than the message that I'm putting out. And I think that's what we're talking about here and helping people get to that better place. And so I want to thank you. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate you. Shout, you know, shout out for the YMCA for, 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 for holding you up, uh, you know, giving you a platform to have this conversation. Yeah. You know, so big shout out to the Y. Um, for, for our listeners that want to engage with you, argue with you, help your algorithms, where, where, where can we send them? Uh, you can send them if you're Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can go to uh, Real Nicolagan on YouTube. It's Nicolagan and my website's Nicolagan.com. Got you. Well, l- listen, Nico, I, I think, again, this is awesome. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. Uh, I think the, 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 the manner in which uh, you're taking leadership in your unique style is so important. And, you know, and look, I, and I'm sure people judge you. They look at the, the, the presence, they look at the tats, <laughs> look at the bald head and, and they've got you all figured out. Right. Um, of course. What, where, where, where I want, I want to acknowledge the fact that you are standing up and speaking your authentic truth in your authentic yeah. way. And I, and I think that really is the key to all this. I'm going to be oddly Stevenson. And Audley Stevenson has his way of doing what he does. Mm-hmm. It's very effective for what Audley Stevenson does. I can't mm-hmm. be Nico Lagan because that's not who no. I am. And if I tried mm-hmm. to be, I'd be just a knockoff. And, as, and there's no value yeah. in that. And what that also you does... You wouldn't be authentic either. No. And, and what, what that also does, it pulls me further away from my mission. Right? We've all got 100%. our own mission that we're on, right? So A thousand I, I, I million wanna, percent, right. Yeah, I want to shout you out and say commend you and... Um, uh, thank you. Really do. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, brother. It was a blast talking to you. For sure. Be well and uh, keep up the good work. Abs- There's no other way, man. <laughs> Peace out, brother.
We're back. We are here on the podcast. And much thanks and appreciation goes out to Nico for sharing his insights and enlightening us on the stuff that he's got going on uh, in his world. It definitely is a lot. I encourage listeners to reach out to him and even check out his website uh, if you're wanting to learn more about him or listen to his podcast or all the great work that he does. So again, Nico, thank you for the time. You know, I really appreciate the conversation that we just had, but if there's just one thing I take from the chat with Nico, it would have to be this. In our journey through life, we encounter numerous challenges and setbacks and uncertainties that can often test our resolve. In these moments, the combination of self-discipline, emotional control, and faith becomes crucial to shaping our responses, determining our outcomes. Whether it's in personal professional endeavors, the ability to exercise self-discipline, manage emotions, and maintain faith can make a significant difference in our levels of success and fulfillment. Self-discipline is a cornerstone of the personal development and achievement. It empowers individuals to stay focused on their goals, make consistent progress, and resist temptations that might lead them astray. By cultivating self-discipline, individuals can develop good habits, prioritize tasks effectively, and overcome procrastination, thus increasing their productivity and achieving long-term success. Emotional control is equally essential in navigating life's challenges. It allows individuals to manage their reactions to stressful situations, conflicts, and disappointments. By remaining composed and rational, people can make better decisions, maintain healthy relationships, and sustain their mental well-being. Moreover, emotional control enables individuals to persevere through adversity, learn from their experiences, and emerge stronger as a result. The value of having faith extends to its ability to instill a sense of purpose and meaning in life. It can inspire individuals to look beyond immediate obstacles and setbacks, recognizing that every challenge presents an opportunity for growth and learning. Moreover, faith can foster a positive mindset, fostering resilience and empowering individuals to maintain optimism even in the face of uncertainty. In conclusion, the need for self-discipline, emotional control, and faith in our lives cannot be overstated. These attributes not only shape our behaviors and attitudes, but also influence our ability to navigate challenges and persevere in the pursuit of our goals. By cultivating self-discipline, practicing emotional control, and embracing faith, individuals can unlock their full potential, surmount obstacles, and lead more purposeful, fulfilling lives. So let's embrace these qualities, recognizing their transformative power and their capacity to guide us toward greater achievements and contentment. With faith, discipline, and emotional control as our allies, we can confidently face life's uncertainties and carve out paths of audacious success. We've sadly come to the end of another episode of the Most Audacious Podcast you'll find on the internet. And as always, I extend my thanks and appreciation for our audacious lovers uh, of this podcast who continue supporting us and help this thing move forward. I say thank you so much uh, for the ongoing support. It truly, truly is appreciated. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.